What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm the co-host, Dr. Craig Spodak, along with Dr. Peter Bolden, and a good long-term friend of mine who is kind enough to donate some of his time today, although he's really, really busy these days, um, Ali Aramchian, the attorney and founder of HR for Health. Ali, good to have you here. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Pete. This is a lot of fun to be here. Yeah, yeah we thought it was timely. Little... You're you're jumping in front of a, a line of of, uh, of podcasts we were going to deploy because yeah. we, it's you know you've got the answers to a lot of people's a lot of our colleagues' questions right now regarding you know HR and our employment and you know I'd love to hear some insight, some questions that you've been getting. But uh, yeah, we wanted to kind of do an emergency broadcast, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, just a full disclosure, I'm a paying client of HR for Health since they founded it like six, seven years ago. Um, I'll yeah. be, next time you see me, you owe me dinner, man, because I've, yeah. uh, always, I've, I've always. been, a, but I've been a happy customer for a long time. And of course, now everybody, the, the, the most single, most common question I am getting from everyone is what are we doing? What are we required to do? Uh, uh, how do we pay our employees full time, part time salary? Uh, layoffs, furloughs, my God, Hourly, we're going to be busy yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, these are, these are some of a thousand questions that are popping up because, you know, I mean, it's a crazy time on so many different levels. You know, as, as, as a country, we're under attack, but then what's happening really is, is that our practices are being attacked as well because right now, you know, the virus and the rules that came down from the ADA and various states is, is forcing a lot of us to close our offices, uh, forcing us to, um, you know, basically, you know, you know, tell our employees, hey, we're not going to be open for the next three weeks, four weeks, maybe longer. So it's a scary time because all of these things combined puts us in a really kind of hard position. And HR is at the center of it because or, you know, in the dental community, dentists are very, very focused on their teams. They know that to do amazing work in dentistry and to provide the customer service that Craig, you do at your office, Pete, that you do at your office, you need your team. And so you don't want to lose your team during this time and let them be part of that 20% of the population that's going to go unemployed. So the question is, what do you do, right? Like, how do you take care of them? And, and how do you make sure they're not, uh, you know, they don't, they don't just leave. And, and so, so there's a lot of questions that come 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 from that, um, and so so I'll I'll tell you you know and, and you guys you know feel free to you know ask questions as we kind of jump into it. But you know the big question that I get is can my team get unemployment? And the the answer to that is absolutely. You do not need to fire them for them to get unemployment. In almost every state, you can uh, apply for basically uh, a closure of the business. Uh, or unavailability of work, you know, they go by different, you know, definitions, but you can pick one of those two things, whether it's I'm closing my office because I don't have business or it's mandated, you know, that I close my office or something of that nature. And you can keep your team employed, although they're not working and they can get unemployment. So that is by That's far cool. the best uh, solution. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Pete. 
No, I was saying that's great. That's, that's uh, great Intel, honestly. Yeah. Uh, we had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and the other thing too, is a lot of your team may have PTO, you know, paid time off or vacation or sick leave. And so, so they can use those uh, for the time being to right. offset some of the lost income. Uh, it's not a requirement that they use all of those, uh, those, those times if they have them, but if they request it, you have to give it to them. So what we're telling a lot of employees is that, you know, take a, you know, talk to your doctor, communicate with them, see, you know, if, uh, if you do have PTO or sick leave or vacation, use that if you can for a period of time. And then when that is finished, which, you know, maybe three days, maybe a week, then go on an on unemployment immediately so that you can get some of your wages covered. So, because the reality guys is that we don't know. I mean, the ADA and some States have said two to three weeks, but the reality is if we look at South Korea, China, Italy, now France and Spain, there's no reason to think this is going to just end in two or three weeks. So this might get extended for a longer period. If you had to guess, and I don't want to push you on this, right? But, it, but you've been in this industry a long time. And, and uh, if you had to guess with a crystal ball, what would you say w- when we could be resuming yeah. back to normal dental? Um, possible? Well, I mean, he, he's a, he's an attorney, Pete, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I think I would know, no, I, I know there's a doctor before a jurist yeah. doctor, but uh, it, it's, I mean, I, I, I mean, as a game, yeah. Why not guess? Yes, for us, Ali. Tell us. What do you think? Yeah, if I if I had to put money on it, I would say that we hopefully will be back up in May. I think May, you know, we're gonna start so seeing um, okay. patients getting more comfortable. Yeah, getting more comfortable getting back in, and that's a totally artificial date. Let's Craig said. I mean, I'm just kind of making it. Of up. course. But, but I, the reason I say six weeks, yeah, based on based on sort of just what I've seen happen is that. We were a little bit faster than Italy, which is good, but, but we weren't, you know, we're, we're not so fast that, you know, we're going to just open up in three weeks because here's the thing, guys, what's going to happen is that now that the news is about this 24 seven and people are starting to really be concerned. And even this morning before I got on, you know, I was reading some reports that they found that the virus is in the air or can be maintained in the air. So, so, you know, with in a business where you're all about, you know, air particles and, you know, there's water flying around and there's spit flying around and there's yeah. all this aerosol, then, you know, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for patients to get, to get back in the chair, you know? So, hey, let's, so, let's not. So, I, I, and by I, the way, this is not I, like a doomsday thing, you know, a lot of No, I know. Like, oh, go ahead. I know. There's just really specific and you have, you have really specific knowledge, Ali. And uh, with all due respect, let's not go into a medical conversation because we can get really tangential on this. We don't know what it's going to be like. No one really knows. Sure. But there's a lot of important HR questions that you're an expert at. And I'd rather just focus on those for now because that's, um, I, I just want to, yeah. we always want to go, we always want to go that way. So um, let, let's get back to, I got one question that just popped up right away. Uh, what are the rules regarding work from home? Okay, because a lot of people right now are asking about working from home. Can we allow some people to work from home if we can't offer that same privilege to everyone? Yes, yeah. So, so you can definitely have people work from home. It's not an issue. 
what I would say is obviously things like insurance, you know, uh, and other marketing things potentially that can be done easily from home. Uh, you can offer that. Um, obviously, the hygienists, RDAs, DAs, if they're not able to do things, you don't need to. You don't need to give them that opportunity to do um, anything at home. But yes, so you you can. What's important is to figure out um, is to figure out uh, what uh, uh, you know uh, and things of that nature. But uh, but otherwise, it should be no problem. Um, so what I've got about, a question. Yeah. I've got a question, Greg. What about the difference between someone who is salary and someone who is hourly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hourly is pretty straightforward. You do it the same way you're doing now, which is, you know, if they're working from home, they keep track of their hours and let you know and you pay them accordingly. Salary can be a little bit more difficult, but uh, what you can do is figure out what their pro rate rata rate is on a daily basis. And so if you're having them work, let's say two days a week, you know, you give them two fifths of their weekly salary, you know, or some variation of that. So. I meant from a, from a um, requirement too. like, obviously hourly, they, you know, if you're not working, obviously there's no, there's no stipulates, but if someone's on salary, you know, and your business has to take a hiatus, what are the, what is the, what is the regulations there? Well, uh, again, same sort of thing. You can, if you're not, if your office is in, open and some of you got people on salary they don't you don't have to pay them because they're not doing work for you if you end up having them do some work uh, mm-hmm. because they are working from home for example then what you'll do is you just pay them on their you know pro rata daily rates so whatever that ends up being this is a good question we just got so, uh, so wait let me I, just before you before you do that pete so i just want yeah. to make sure i, I understand pr- properly so the idea that people are hourly or salary does not necessarily dictate that you have to pay them if they don't have a job to do. Is, am I correct in understanding that? Yeah, right. If, you're, if your office is closed, you don't have to pay them salary. Your office okay. is closed you know, by either the ADA yeah. guidelines, you, the local county guidelines, or any other guidelines. So wait, so let me unpack that too, because I, I, I wanted to make sure I'm... So, you said you added another stipulation and one that I didn't say. So you elected to close right now. We have no ADA guidelines. The ADA has walked out of the office after no one's at the ADA. They're all home right now. And the Florida Department, the Florida Board of Dentistry, I've been trying to call them for three days. They're not answering calls. So we have no guidance right. and we're not going to get any guidance. We have some state boards that have made some guidance. So if you're practicing in Florida or Georgia right now, you have elected based on the CDC guidelines to close your office. So does that now change the stipulation? So you have now elected your Dr. Jones, you practice in Florida, you close your office. Do you have an obligation to pay either your hourly or your salaried employees at the moment? No, Greg, that, that, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. If you choose okay, to close, yeah, if you choose to close the office for any reason, right? Whether it's, hey, I have the coronavirus and I don't want to infect the patient so I'm closing the office or it's the ADA guidelines or the CDA guidelines or the you know uh, CDC guidelines or just hey President Trump said no more than 10 people in the room together so I can't have 30 people in my office I'm closing the office any reason at all if you're closing your office right now for this reason regardless of whether you're paying them salary or hourly you do not have to pay them 
if you make them and work from home for various reasons, then you do what you do. That's great. That's good, good to know yourself. because honestly, yeah. I think a lot of us, Ollie, we're waiting on official declarations or mandates from something that, you know, because if we just arbitrarily said, look, we want to be part of the solution, not the problem, and we're just closing before yeah. there was official mandate, then we were warned if there was going to be some accountability from a pay, pay perspective on our end. Okay, let me, yeah. let me throw this out. To, let me throw this out to you guys. Um, CDC says no more than 10 people gathering in any uh, specific place. Let's say you're a medical, uh, I'm sorry, a dentist right now, and you're open as business as usual, hygiene's cooking, everything's going on. And God forbid someone gets coronavirus and it's, I know it's one in a hundred or whatever the hell it is, but let's just say they die. If you, if you, as the owner of the practice, they can prove that there was gross negligence that you advise the government or federal agency and someone dies, I imagine you could be personally liable or held personally liable for that. Ali, do you believe that could be true? I think there could be some liability for sure if somebody passes away and they trace it back to your office and you weren't as diligent. Like, for example, you knew you had coronavirus and you ignored it and started still seeing patients or you knew your team had it and you still saw patients. Um, yeah, absolutely. Could they well, trace I mean, what it about- back to you? I th- well, what about, but it, what, what about just the idea that the CDC said no more than 10 people and you got 15 people in your office or who knows, or, or you know, yeah. I, I just think that everybody's looking at it from an HR standpoint. We got to, we got to balance it both ways. I mean, this issue is so dynamic um, and unfortunately yeah. too, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get tangential, but just one thought here is that we're looking at the, we, we don't have a good analysis of mortality and morbidity rate of the virus itself. And we're not comparing that to the mortality rate and morbidity rate with 20% unemployment. I know, and many people know people that were suicidal in 2007 and eight, nine, and through the economic downturn. So this, is, this, this issue does not live in a vacuum. And the hysteria, panic, suicide, depression on, on a already depressed, suicidal, panic profession compounds. So, um, you know, it's a multifactorial thing, and there's just so many things to, to look at. I just want to, you know, to add that piece as well, that, that, that long-term unemployment causes depression and morbidity and mortality. Um, without getting tangential, yeah. I just want to put that in there. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I, think, I think in terms of what's happening right now, I think what we have to think about, what, if, I'm, if I'm a dental practice owner, I've closed my office down for any reason, whether it's the ADA, the local rules, or the CDC, it's what do I do, uh, you know, how do I communicate with my patients? How do I communicate with my team? What do I tell them to, to do? And right now, uh, you know, the team for sure, you know, if you're not paying them, I mean, a lot of people are paying them through this week uh, just so that there's some reprieve, uh, but you don't have to pay them for this week if your office is closed. But I would, I would say have them file for unemployment at that point. Um, some of the questions we're getting, hey, if I have an emergency, uh, do I have to, for- can I force my employees to come to work? Yes, uh, you can. Uh, you know, you can have one or two employees there uh, to help you with an emergency. But one of the things, and, you know, I talked about this the other day, you know, I think it, during these times of crisis, it's important to also be flexible. And so if you've got either an older employee or someone's like really nervous about coming into the office, just let them not come and try to find someone else who is willing to come in. 
you know, worst case scenario, you do, you do it without an assistant, but, um, but I think it's, it's, it's about being a little bit flexible. I got a lot of questions yesterday. I think we answered like 500 questions yesterday via email and other things. And one of the questions was, uh, if, if I ask someone to come in and they don't come in, can I fire them? And, you know, the answer to that is yes, technically, because you're, you're giving them a job and employment and they're not coming in or they're refusing to work. But we are highly recommending against terminating employees right now. Um, I think it's a, it's a bad move, you know, from a morale perspective, legally, you know, it may not you know, be you know, uh, done correctly. So I would just be very, very careful. Ali, can we get into some questions here? Because they're stacking up even in, even in our mastermind. Um, yeah. Can a practice owner who is on W-2 apply for the same unemployment benefits? Is there any downside for that? Yeah, great question. So, so as a W-2 employee of your own, either PLC or corporation, you can file for unemployment. Uh, you have to be very, very careful because they look at business owners with sort of a you know, a skeptical eye. So make sure you answer all the unemployment questions truthfully. Don't even skirt, you know, a little bit. Don't go into the gray, answer them truthfully because unemployment fraud is a real thing. Even though you're not trying to commit that, um, you know, if, if you answer something uh, wrongfully, uh, uh, untruthfully and try to kind of squeeze yourself in, you know, they might kind of hit you over the head with it. Um, so, so the answer is yes, you can apply for it. Okay. Sure. And then Craig, okay. there's, sorry, go ahead, Pete. No, saying, um, we'll go. Then Tish has a question. Well, if we are well, open, go ahead. Sorry. Just cause we talked about the W2 on unemployment. So what about associates that are 1099 in a practice? Can they file for unemployment? So no, so they should not file for unemployment. Here's why. They could file for unemployment. What, here's what's going to probably happen. If they file for unemployment, the state is going to probably give it to them because they will, classify, they will make the determination that they were not classified correctly. And then what's going to happen is that they're going to audit the employer and the you know, new employee, the person who was getting the 1099. So, they should not. so we're recommending that you do not file unemployment if you're a 1099 because it's going to eventually cause audits across the board so so the short-term gain that you may get may not be worth the back taxes and penalties you may have to pay yep exactly next question i've got if we're open for emergencies do we have patients should we have patients sign waivers um and does that hold any merit from a liability aspect right yeah, no, I, we, I mean, you, you could, you could, if you wanted to have them sign a, a waiver, but it doesn't really, um, it doesn't, it probably won't hold any legal strength at all. Um, the, the reality is that if, if you have the virus and you've been exposed to the virus and, or you've been around someone who's got the virus and you know it, you shouldn't be treating that patient even on an emergency basis. So, so, you know, it, it, does a waiver help? It doesn't hurt, but does it help? I probably not. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So the next one is Dwight. If we expect that the family's first coronavirus, if we expect the family's first coronavirus response act, HR 6201, uh, does this extend FMLA to all employees under 500 employees or offices under 50 employees still not responsible for FMLA? My understanding is that you can still request an exemption to the state that required pay of 10 weeks leave to employees would 
bang, uh, I, 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 the, the question just disappeared on me when another question came up. That was a long one. I'm sorry. Uh, I can yeah, go so, to the state where so, to the employees would bankrupt the business. Please advise on the implementation of this act for all size of business under 50, 50 to a hundred. Um, yeah, 50 and above, I guess. Under 50. Yeah. 50 so, yeah. 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 So, so, okay. So this new thing is called the families first Corona response act. The issue, is is that there's a lot of information out there and some of it is misinformation about truly what is going to be covered the reason it's not law yet is because there's a lot of negotiations back and forth between the different sides of of congress about what's going to be included what we know is that there's going to be some paid time off some sick leave for employees uh, uh, of offices less than 500 employees, um, which obviously will include almost all dental practices. Mm -hmm. But what's being negotiated, and this is one of the things that has not, is causing it to be delayed, is that um, the, uh, the Republicans want an exclusion for businesses with less than 50 employees because they're saying if we don't have that exclusion for employees or employers with 50 or less, then it's going to put out, put, put out of business a lot of businesses because the, the cost is going to be so great. And, and I agree with that. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's, it's going to be very, very costly because it's not just two weeks. They're also thinking about adding additional benefits that could, you know, if someone is, has been infected by the virus or has children in, in school, um, who are, wow. you know, uh, you know, or if they've been even around someone who has been infected by the virus could actually ask for up to three months of leave, which is going to be. Yeah. yeah. And so businesses of less than 50 employees, most of them, if this goes through, wouldn't be able to survive. And it, if it went through and we're talking about months and months and months, you wouldn't be able you, you'd be forced to what would happen at that point. So let's just go down that. So let's just say well, the Republicans don't get their way and we get passed with the bill that we have to pay for, you know, for the dental offices out there. Because most dental offices that are listening to this don't have near 50 employees. No, 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 not, that's right. But, you know, if, if, that, if, if that exclusion doesn't occur, um, I am expecting, uh, I'm expecting it to be an absolute um, uh, uh, wreck in terms of, uh, closure of dental practices for the foreseeable future because because you know somebody can go two weeks a month uh, with you know by paying their employees but the reality is is that you know once you it goes beyond that if the offices are closed and there's no patients coming through there's there's not that revenue left when you're thinking about high rent high mortgages you know high payments to the bank for for their dental office loans I mean it just, it's crazy. I mean, and, and the amount of calls that we've gotten over the past, you know, 48 hours from dentists who say, look, I can't, I'm not going to be able to afford my rent, you know, in, in 60 days, I'm not going to be able to afford my loan is astronomical. And that was without, that was without having to pay employees for being on leave. So, so what so, would we you know, do in that situation? So let's just say well, that, that that happens. happens yeah. You well, to, you, you terminate you, people. No, you can't. No, 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 you can't. That's the whole point. The law protects employment. So you have to provide this. You do not get to terminate the employees. The law says that their job is protected if they go on this leave. So you have to pay it. 
Um, there's, there's, you know, I mean, the, the scary thing is, you know, dipping into, you know, savings and things of that nature, uh, you know, complete closure of the business, which would be disastrous. Um, or the SBA has emergency loan uh, applications that can be filed with them so that you can get an emergency loan from the SBA. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, I mean, that, that's going to help provide some reprieve, but it's not going to necessarily help long term. So I just don't understand how that law could be acceptable by any political party because the effects of it, I mean, the spirit of it is fantastic. I love the idea. Yeah, but how course, does that yeah. in application, it's a uh, long term. I mean, aren't most, I mean, 95% of people in America, uh, again, correct me if I'm misquoting statistic, but well, the majority of people, let's not use a number, the majority of people in America are hired by businesses with less than 50 employees. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I don't know, I don't know the percentage, time. but yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, that, well, that's why, see, see Craig, you, you're, you're, that's exactly why they are trying to pass this law because if they don't and these rule these you know the virus continues and to pete's question in the beginning when do we think we're going to open nobody knows and so if if this two weeks turns into six weeks it turns into you know two months or more you know well you know all those people are going to be without a job all those people are going to be without pay and how is how are they going to survive and so on and so forth? That's what that's what they're trying to fix. Except that they're going to potentially, if the law gets passed without this exemption. By the way, this is we're talking about it without the exemption of 50 or less. Without the exemption, it would be uh, you know it, it, I don't think small businesses could survive. I'd, I the reason I think it hasn't passed yet, uh, although they're voting on it later today. Uh, Wednesday, uh, uh, I, I think the reason it hasn't passed yet is because there's so much negotiations around this topic for the same exact reason you just mentioned, right? So, so yeah, the correct so, statistic just for the listeners is 48% of American U.S. employees work for small businesses. It's been dropping like crazy. For those of you who are watching the video right now, it's literally like just completely straight down. Um, it used to be a majority just in the early 2000s, and now it's 48%. But still, I mean, at 50% of the workforce, that would be, you, you, yes. you would just crush yeah. small business. Yeah, um, so, wow. so but, but here's the thing. It's, it's important not to, you know, it's important not to panic right now because it's not, it's, it ha it's not the law yet or whatnot. I, I would be shocked uh, and absolutely just blown away and disappointed by our leadership if they didn't put this exclusion for 50 or less because I, I, I think people know that it would, um, it would, it would destroy, it would destroy small business. So, you, you know, either that or what it'll do is it'll force dental practices and, you know, optometry practices and veterinary practices and medical practices that and dry cleaners and, open up. And, and it'll, yeah. right, exactly. It'll open, it'll force everyone to open. And because you got to make money to pay your employees, it'll force people to open. And then in theory, the spread of the virus continues because of aerosol and everything else. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, so Dwight just says they're claiming that the business, even if it's 50 to 500 employees would be required to pay 10 weeks of paid leave. 
uh, it doesn't take a long time to figure out the average dental overhead for salary staffs and salaries is 25%. And by the way, medical payments, med medical, you have to continue paying for, I mean, medical premiums, yeah. correct? You can't, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's, quick math. that's right. That's you can right. do quick math to figure out. I mean, they tell us, you know, businesses uh, advice is to have two months of operating expenses uh, or one or two months of operating expenses. But if you have that and you're not making any money, you know, you can quickly do the math of how long it would take for most small businesses to go broke. That's crazy. Let's go to more positive stuff that we can work on because we can't do anything about that legislation right now. Well, let me, I mean, uh, I don't really understand. So 50, between 50 and 500, they could mandate that you get, have to give 10 weeks of pay leave, but under 50, you do not. Is that right? Yeah, it's, FML, it's FMLA. That's what yeah. we're hoping. Okay. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, yeah, I mean, don't think about it. Yeah, don't think about it as FMLA. You know, think about it as the family's first coronavirus response act. That's the new law that's going to get passed. And that, uh, and, and Pete, we don't know the details yet, but in theory, that's, that's right. That, that's what's being discussed. And by the way, funny enough, and, I, and Ali, correct me if I'm wrong here, but let's just say you have four practices and each are owned on separate corporations and it totals 55 and the legislation is 50 or more, you'd be, you'd be tied to that law, correct, Ali? Yeah, that's Even right. Even though yeah, they're separate corporations, they count yeah, as right. one. They do, yeah. As long as if you own 50 or more percent, if you own 50 or more percent of any corporation, you have to pull all of those employees together. Yeah, that's right. So if you have five small practices and they only have you know, 12 or 13 people each, you're you're and under and you own 51 percent or more that that means you as well fyi i mean that's an important mm -hmm. people don't think that people always think it's right. just well yeah i have 12 employees and i have five different so that's that's a big one there um uh, yeah it got, is it is yeah no that that's exactly right yeah. i got one here according to shrm exempt employees must be paid for the work week if they work any portion of that week is that true not if it's a closure like this, not, not, if it's, not if it's a closure like, like what we're talking about here. Remember, the, the, the federal, you know, every state it might be a little bit different, you know, but if we're talking, you know, if we're talking about, you know, a, a mandatory closure like this, uh, you can, if you pay them a pro rata, you, you know, uh, for the week, you should be okay. Now, remember, a lot of people, right, that, that's, the, that's the technical rule. A lot of people will pay for the rest of the week if the employees have worked you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, on any part of it, just because of, you know, goodwill and morale and whatnot. And we are recommending that. Um, but if you, if you really cannot, then you just cannot. So what about the people that are out there that have had, like, listen, when, when, when you have, we all have people on our teams or maybe not we all, but some of us have people on our teams that, that are underperforming and there's been conversations two and three and four months ago, like, eh, is, is Joanne really doing a good job here at the office? What should we do? Let's get a plan to kind of take that position away. Now that we're faced with all these limited amounts of resources and funds to pay our team, this is probably, people are thinking this is a great time to let go of that problematic employee. But speak to, speak to us on that because you said something, this is not the time that we're recommending anybody get fired. So tell us why you're thinking that, Ali. Yeah, I mean, well, I, well, I was speaking just, just to fire them because, you know, the office is closed. Um, my point was that you don't have to fire somebody for them to get unemployment. 
Uh, and then when this whole thing, you know, blows over and you know, offices are open again, you know, we can, you know, you can bring them back on uh, without having to try to train a new employee. Um, that was my, that was, that was the reason I said, don't fire anybody. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, in terms of, you know, if you really want to fire somebody for performance reasons, could you do it? Um, you could do it at any point and, you know, virus or not, uh, you have that, you know, you, you have that ability. What else, Ali? What are the questions you've been getting? What are the most frequent, like uh, you have to, with answering a thousand questions, it has to be common themes. Can we go through some of those common themes of, of the questions that you're getting? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, one, one question was, you know, do, you know, I think I mentioned, do they have to use up their PTO or their sick leave uh, for an actual illness or not? And what we're saying is, you know, they don't. If they are requesting them to use their PTO, uh, you know, to offset some of the income or whatnot uh, that they would be losing by not working in the office this week, let them, let them do that. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, remember PTO and sick leave, uh, well, PTO and vacation are considered earned, uh, earned wages. What that means is that they've already earned it. It's their money. So if they want it from you, um, you know, just go ahead and pay it out. Um, and, and, uh, and then they can go file for unemployment. Um, uh, some other questions we get, uh, is, uh, do I need to uh, terminate my hourly employees and then rehire them uh, for unemployment benefits? I think we answered that. You do not. Um, if uh, uh, can can an owner file for unemployment? Yes, an owner can. Um, uh, if someone is diagnosed as positive, do we have to close the office completely? Uh, the answer to <laughs> yes. that is is yes. Uh, <laughs> and you want to notify you want to notify all the patients that that person came into contact with or came and was treated in the office. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I would definitely recommend that as well. Uh, we actually have a resource for, for everybody. If you email uh, compliance at hr4health.com, uh, compliance at hrforhealth.com, uh, we will give you some sample letters to send to um, the staff and the patients and the community um, that we've put together. Um, so uh, if you guys are interested in something like that, just email that and say what you, you know, that you, you know, you heard this podcast or whatnot and you want that. And one of our team members will, will email it to you. Um, that's a good way of kind of communicating with uh, the team about what their options are, you know, in terms of unemployment or whatnot. So, and, and Ali, it's interesting intersection to exist in a place where government may mandate we shut down, or at least mm -hmm. CDC. When I say government, you know, I'm, uh, you know, it's not the Department of Labor, but CDC says you should shut down. And then another branch of government's like, oh, by the way, you're going to pay everybody, and so you're completely bankrupt, and the, and the employees yeah. will have no place to go back home to. You know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And and just an so you know. Yeah, but just so just so that we're you know you know just so to, just to complete the circle, they, they the the government is saying that they will be providing tax credits and various other things to help small businesses uh, who have to provide the sick leave uh, and other you know paid time off. Uh, but the reality is is that I think as everyone here probably is assuming that that one won't cover the entire dollar amount that's being paid out, and two that it probably will be too late. In other words, it's a timing they, issue. It's a cash flow issue. 
It, I'm it not is, worried exactly. about what the, exactly. I'm not worried about the, the government may give you SBA loans and may give tax credits, but we know how efficient the government is at getting things done like that. The private sector yeah. will be efficient. We'll be writing checks and the government will take time. It's a ca- it always is a cash flow. You can have a successful yeah. business that runs out of money just because of cash flow. Well, one other thing too is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing people say like, I'm going to stand by my team and, you know, people are wanting to just do the right thing. And from a psychology standpoint, what are your thoughts? Well, from a psychology standpoint, my thought is rather than just giving out checks, what about advancing PTO? Like saying, Hey, I'm going to give you five to 10 days of PTO and you'll owe it back with the idea that people could walk, but at least it's not a freebie. It's like, we're going to advance it. Yeah. Is that legal, yeah. not legal, not a good idea? It, no, no, no. It's totally doable. It's totally legal if you want to do it. That's out of the, your own generosity. What um, You could have people go in the negative with, um, you know, with PTO or you know, vacation uh, with, the, with the thought that when business opens up again, they will kind of, quote unquote, pay it back by earning it uh, you know, over the next year. Um, that's totally fine. Uh, you just have to be ready with the with the possibility that uh, you know they don't come back, right? Uh, they find another job. They uh, you know the office you know you fire them. You know a variety of reasons, right? Um, but but yes, you can if uh, you can advance if you'd like. What do you think uh, as far as uh, an idea? You like that idea? You don't like? I mean, I know I, I'm saying from a legal standpoint, not from a PR and a risk standpoint. From a legal, no, I think yeah. from a legal, it's fine. From a legal, there's no harm in doing it. Uh, from a legal, it's, it's, there's no harm in doing it. But here's the only caveat to that: if you're going to do it, you got to do it for everybody, right? right. You can't. You can't. Pick well, you and can't choose. do it for qual. But like what I'm saying is, due to the terms of your employment and the tenure. You know, Mary may have five and Joanne has 10. Can you advance them? You'd have to advance them all the same amount or you'd ha- it would be specific to your employee pol- employment policy or your employee handbook. I, you, you could, yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can decide the, uh, the formula that you want to use, Craig, for doing it, but the formula should be the same for everybody. So you could say, hey, you know, uh, if you, if you are entitled to five, we're going to double it. Right. Or whatever you're entitled to, we're going to double it in terms of what you can go into the negative. That way, if somebody earned three, they go six. Somebody earned five, they go 10. The formula should be the same, even though the final number will be different. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what is a furlough? What, what, what does furlough mean? What, is, what does that exactly mean in legal terms? Well, you know, every, every state is a little bit different in terms of, of, of you know, how they kind of define it. You know, the, the, the idea there is that it's, a, it's a worked as, um, you know, as part of sort of the unemployment discussion where, you know, where they're saying, okay, a, a, there's a certain amount of time that someone is off. Uh, because of, you know, because of a variety of, of reasons here, here, uh, because there are the office closures, um, and then they get unemployment as a result. Um, you know, it's, it's technically an armed services type of, you know, language, but when we talk about unemployment, we're talking about it being a temporary cessation of work for, for a reason. So. Okay. So, uh, what, one thing I'm thinking of is like when a family has very limited, when a community or a family has very little resources, let's say you have a little, little amount of food 
the egalitarian and the right thing to do when you're dealing with relationships like this is to take the amount of resources and say, here's what we have and ration it between everybody. But in the employment world, what we really have is we have different classes of people because people are paid different wages. In my mind, the most beneficial way to go through this is to say, hey, we're not Microsoft. I wish we were, but we, we want to get through this time and it's going to be hard. But most importantly, we want to have an amazing business to come back to. Because when the shit hits the fan like this, a crisis kills a bad business. A decent business will survive, but an amazing business will expand through this crisis. So one of the, the fuel that runs business is finance, is money. So in theory, my thought is to, is to have a conversation with the team to say, hey, we've got this much, even though, you, you know, jo Joanne, you make $100 per this, you know, for this task and this one makes $10. Can we legally say everybody's going to get an alternate rate um, for work done at home or alternate rate for work done in the office like hygienists who are normally accustomed to making 2x maybe have to make x if they can work from home or work in the office in a limited capacity is that legal to do these things bernie would say yeah yes. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah if you if you want people to do different um jobs um, like from home, you don't have to pay a hygienist, you know, $50 an hour oh. to make calls at home. So even rate modification is, is that's what compliant. I'm asking. I'm asking yeah. for second rate and rate modification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah, you can do that. I mean the employee has to agree and the 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 job has to be different. Like no, if you have an let's say an insurance coordinator who you're asking to work from home, you know, there shouldn't be a rate modification there. She's gonna right. do the same job at home. But right, you, you want a hygienist to stay home, you know, then it's a different story. It There's something called commensurate with what you know, I don't the know. appointment coordinator would be doing, right, Ali? Meaning that like right, exactly. the task the task right. is what has the, the assigned value, not what the person, not the position that is doing it. That's right. That's exactly okay. right. Okay. The the final thing, guys, that, that I'll say here is there's something you know. I, you know. You know. I know your podcast reaches sort of all across the country, so this will will you know resonate with with a group of folks. Um, there's something called a work. The biggest state with it is there are other states that have it as well. And the whole idea be, behind work sharing is that what you were just saying, Craig, which is when the office reopens. When the office reopens, not right now. If the office is closed, when the office reopens you can have an agreement with folks where you say, okay, everybody, we're going to cut everyone uh, normal out, but everyone keeps their job. And then unemployment will cover, you know, a percentage of the amount uh, that it, they're shorted. Right. And so, so there's, there's, there's something like that in some states to look into. Um, it can be very good if you, you know, if once you open up, uh, you know, patients don't run through the doors, um, but it's something to think about, you know, so. Okay. And just to, just because you broke up a little bit, what you're saying is that you can file for unemployment, even if you're utilizing people part-time. Did I get that right or no? No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes. They, they can get unemployment if you are using them part-time. Any shortage of work uh, from their original hours, they can get unemployment for that. This is something on top of that called work sharing unemployment, which some states have. So, 
Uh, okay, understood, understood. And that's state by state. Um, and again, yes. just to, uh, these 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 laws we we have downloads um, in UK and Australia. These are not applicable. These are, we're talking. We made uh, this is all U.S. Um, it, it varies enough state by state in the U.S. So please do not extrapolate this to your to your local country of residence if you're listening to us from another place besides the U.S. Um, for this. Yeah, that's right. Well, guys, listen. I have to jump off, yeah, but man, I want thank to. You so much, I, I want to tell you guys. Um, you know, feel free to get that resource if you want. Compliance at hr4health.com. Um, feel free to email me questions. Uh, Pete and Greg, you guys have my information. Feel free to, you know, pass that along. Um, you know, we're we're our office is open. You know, uh, both HR for Health and the law firm. We're operating because this is a this is a you know important time. For, for the industry. So, for sure. so we're here for you guys. Thank you. Bob. Yeah, Ali, I want to thank you. Um, I've been super, we've always called you in times of crisis, um, never unprecedented, ne never a crisis of this magnitude. This is unprecedented, but you've always been there. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure that um, you, all your clients feel the same way, but I appreciate you having a, a business like HR for Health um, and that you gave us the time today to help out and um, wish you safety and, and all that good stuff with your family and, and all the people listening as well. Obviously, we're, we have a forced slowdown here. There's still a lot of beauty around to be found. And um, this is, uh, we've, we've come through a very divisive time in the last couple months or years even where this one doesn't like this one and racial tension and sex, sex bias tension and different world tensions. And now we have one thing that's common uniting all of us as human beings. We have a virus that doesn't care if you're woman, man, gay or straight, transgender, it doesn't matter what, what uh, group you find yourself categorized in where you're part of the human race. There's only one race to everything, everything else is culture. And um, this is some, a time to look to your neighbors and your, and your coworkers and your teams and, and take solace in the relationships that we've built, just like the one I have with you, Ali. So um, oh man, it, it Craig, is. that was very well said. Very well said. Beautiful. Buddy. Thank Beautiful. you, buddy. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, we're we're lucky we have relationships and we we have technology to communicate. So this is not the black plague where you're sitting in your house wondering what's happening outside. So uh, enjoy the beauty that we still have, um, even though this virus is scary. It's not. Um, it, uh, it, it's not at our, um, It's not affecting most of us at the moment. So today's a good day. So spend time with your families and loved ones, people. And thank you, Ali. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, buddy. You as well. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, we're going to ask for your help. First, review us on iTunes. It creates awareness, helps others find us, and it literally takes like five seconds. Second, if you want to stay in touch with announcements and updates, text the word BULLETPROOF. 33777. That's 33777. We promise not to bombard you with any spam text. And lastly, you can find our book, including the new Audible version that Dr. Craig Spodak spent three days in studio producing, all on Amazon. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day.